Swung on, hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Welcome. A Stantonian home run. To the 161st Street Burners Road Podcast. A Judgian blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Featuring your Hey, what's going, everybody? This is the 161st Street Murderers Row podcast with your hosts, Wes and Shu. We just came back from a bit of a hiatus. Shu obviously lives in Boston but works for the TD Garden, home of the Boston Bruins and the Boston Celtics. Uh, playoff time being there. You guys got to work. Me, just keeping busy and going to the games a lot. And a lot has been happening with the Yankees. And... To say a lot has been happening with the Yankees, the title of this episode is, Who Are These Yankees? I mean, we have about like 17 players, 17 regulars in the IL since opening day. Uh, Aaron Hicks just came back. He's been activated today. He's playing today, but we don't know if the game's going to be played today because it's raining very hard over here in New York. And it might be a rain delay, which will probably be postponed. Um, Jonathan Loisega just was supposed to start today, but got hurt with his right shoulder. And Chance Adams is called within his place. Shoe? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, the Yankees right now, their their game is actually delayed. I'm, as, as, I, as I just um, checked in on Yankees.com. I, and I mean, we actually have bad weather here um, here in Boston as well, so it's definitely um, impacting the Northeast corridor, to say the least. Um, but to go back to, um, to to what to what you were talking about in terms of Jonathan Loisaga, um, this really has been for the past month and a half now been the most injury raged. Period for the Yankees that I've that I probably have ever seen in my lifetime. Um, uh, being a Yankee fan, I can't remember a time where this many players. This is now the 17th different Yankee to land on the injured list this season, and the season started on March what 28th ish, or on the 28th of March. So I've never seen anything like this, and so one would say, well, this is just bad luck, you know, like this is just you know, bashers for the Yankees, and they're just weathering the storm. Like, no, 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 no. There's a problem to be. There's a problem here. I don't know exactly what's what's up with that, or the fact that it comes back to the conditioning of these players. But to have this many players injured, and especially several uh, regulars, it's it's just it's just bad news galore for uh, for the Yankees, especially if they are going to hope to continue to. Um, to keep pace with Tampa Bay and the AL East, who in whom in which that they're they're they've they're they've been they've been playing great baseball um so far this season, and now the suddenly red hot Boston Red Sox, who have gone on a 16 six tear the last 22 games after a very rough start. So right now these this is definitely a concern for the New York Yankees. Also, too, Miguel Andujar has been placed in the 10 day DL. 
again for his uh, torn labrum issue, which me and Shu have been talking about since April, and I touched heavy base on it. The torn labrum is not a joke. Small tear could lead into a big tear, and not for nothing, but to also look on the bright side of things as we are being depleted, as I speak, as we speak, actually, we've been playing some pretty solid baseball. Who are these Yankees? <laughs> really, who mm-hmm. are these Yankees? Beginning of the season, we weren't winning series. Now we're picking up the slack, which everybody was freaking out, hitting the panic mode very easily. Just like that uh, episode of The Office, if you've ever seen that episode, where everybody was just panicking for no, no apparent reason. <laughs> but we've been playing good baseball. Right. I mean, we took a series from Tampa. We took the previous series. We've been winning series, and not for nothing, the first game against Tampa, which was Friday, right. we proved to be good against Tyler Glass now, who unfortunately got an elbow injury. Yeah. And, you know, the Yankees are not the only team that's being snake-bitten with injuries. It's the whole MLB. What's going on here? It's, it's the level in which that the Yankees have, have dealt with injuries this season that makes it alarming. Yes, every team goes through injuries. But, Wes, when you have 17 different Yankees going to disable this on a 25-man roster, that leaves you with eight guys that have been healthy relatively throughout the season so far. And, yeah, again, like what does that tell you? That tell That tells me there is something seriously wrong. With the conditioning, the way that these guys are either training or have been trained, and again, like I feel like there, there's something that absolutely needs to be called into question. Because I don't, I'm not coughing off to bad luck at this point. There's a Our much player. bigger prop. There's a much bigger problem at hand that that I feel that it, that it needs to be talked about. Are players not stretching? Are they hitting too many weights? What is it? We don't know. Could it be the training staff? I mean. Throughout the years, you know, as athletes, we evolve. Humans, we evolve. So, I mean, the bigger you are, the bigger you're gonna, the you know, the bigger you're gonna break down, right? Is that how we look at things? That's a that's a that's a fair question, and I, I want to use the New York Mets as an example because because remember, oh that, come on, shoot, you don't want to trigger the Mets fans. No, 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 no. The legitimate example. They had they actually fired their trainer. Their train, their, their physical conditioning trainer. Um, correct me, correct me if I'm using the wrong term. Ramirez. Yeah, because the, a lot of the the players and especially the pitchers were going, were hitting the the the, the disabled list as it was called back then because of the same problem, which went back to how are these players and trainers being trained? Yeah, which led to the the, the famous quote by by Ron Darling. Or, or, or Keith Hernandez, rather, these guys, you're not, you're not training bodybuilders. You're training baseball players. You're, you're training athletes. You're training athletes. These aren't bodybuilders. And that's, that's the point that I'm making. Like, I hope it doesn't get to that point for the Yankees, but there is something very amiss with this picture. I, I, I'm, again, I'm not waiting until June, mid June, to, have before, be, 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 to get everybody back, and then 
be hit with more injuries because we still haven't figured out what on earth is going on. That that to me that makes no type of sense. It's a big question that we have. But onto the brighter side of things, right? Even though it's like we know um um Aaron Hicks is back today, which he had the uh the oblique uh injury, which he had for like the past two seasons, right? Was it the past two two seasons, past three seasons? I think the past two if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the past two seasons. Well, he's back today. Well, that brings there goes our war, you know, our war's gonna go up because it's a proven fact that, you know, he's he leads the team in war. If you don't know what war is, it means wins above replacement. So basically when he's on the field, the percentages of us winning is pretty high. Right. So which is a you know, which is the bright side of things. We're still missing Stan. We're still missing Severino. Severino has been shut down until the all star break, I believe it is, right? Yeah, until July. Until July. All right. Judge is not going to be back until mid-July. All right? Batanz has just started his uh, throwing program, so that's a good start. Dita Gregorius should be uh, DHing in extra spring training by next week, which will be the 20th. And hopefully he'll be back by late June, early July. I'm not trying to speculate anything. Greg Bird has been moved to the 68 DL. So Luke Voigt has been playing well, so we don't really got anything to worry about on first base. Got to say, Cashman is a genius, Voigt. Especially at the time when he when he got him last season in the second half, which definitely um, after Greg Bird went down on on the DL and he came up, he, he and Voigt was acquired from the St. Louis Cardinals for but it was basically a low risk high reward type of deal and it's paid off massive dividends and he's proven this season that 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 trade in the period in which he played for the Yankees last fall it's was no just what, what, it wasn't just no hot streak like he's shown that he he's very capable of being an everyday type of player I mean his defense is improving too I mean that was like one Absolutely. of the question marks that everybody was having well what about his glove? Well, he's been showing some signs that his glove is there. Yeah, because it's, because the defense, I mean, it has it hadn't been terrible, but he's been looked at as a guy who is he's just a slugger. He's just he's just a home run hitter, and so forth. So there really hasn't been much um, much reason to believe or think that perhaps that he can, you know. That that he can be a, a solid defensive first baseman, so I think ultimately he was going to have to really work hard to improve uh, improve at first defensively, and so he's he's made strides. So you got to give him that credit there, you know. We do. I mean, you got to give him that credit. I know there's people that are like still with the Greg Bird stuff and all that, but I mean, no knock to Greg Bird. It's just. He had the potential, but it's just been flashes. It's just been flashes in the pan. And if you're playing for the New York Yankees, you can't have potential with flashes in the pan. You just right. can't. It can't be Kevin Moss all over again. Like, the consistency is what's going to keep you at the big leagues. Like, in the big leagues, and, you know, someone once said that, you know, like, the hardest part about uh, about playing professional baseball is 
is that it's not it's not about just getting it. It's about being able to stay up there. You know, like because you've seen guys become dreamers where they get, they get called up, they get sent down. They get called up, they get sent down. They get called up, they get sent down. And it's one of those things where it's, I mean, the consistency is what's really going to enable you to really tap into your potential as a player. And I, I just think that for... For a guy who, um, excuse me, for a guy who has has shown the ability to hit, to hit for power, even hit for average, that you have to think and believe that at some point his, his glove was going to have to also become a, an important factor for this team. Yep. Also, um, James Paxson has been shut down for for about three to four weeks, uh, knee inflammation. But although he's been playing well, it's a big blue for hat to, especially me, because of the stuff that I have said about Domingo Herman. I had to tip my cap to him. Yeah. He's been playing well, and he's been looking like he could be the ace of the staff for you know. For the time being. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Nobody wants to get ahead of themselves. But you do have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, crap, what more can I say? I've been I've been proven wrong for the right reasons. I'd rather that than to be proven right for the wrong reasons. You know, it's interesting because, like, you never would have thought that Domingo Herman will play such an important role for this um, for, for this rotation, especially at this juncture where the season um, began with expectations that Severino was going to take another step into his into his uh, progression as a player and so forth. And unfortunately, he hasn't even thrown an inning yet this season. So no, he hasn't. And 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 that and that goes to show that. It's great to have a ton of pitching and a ton of pitching depth in the in the organization, especially where you just never know who is going to be that that guy who steps up big time. You just never know. And for me, I think about, for example, 2005, the 2005 season. For for me, I, I remember vividly, like the unsung heroes for for that 05 season. Like two of them were pitchers. In, yeah. Sean, in, in Sean Saccone and, and Aaron Small, those guys, those guys, no one really, no one really knew at the beginning of the old five season who they were. No, and, but, but they it made go- their names known. Exactly, and when it goes to show you that when you have the assets in your in your in your system, and as well as if you have the means to be able to go out and make make the right deals, it can it can be done. You know, you never know who's going to come up big and win. You just never know. No, you just never know. And then every day is, is just a new hero with this team. Every day there's always someone stepping up huge. Another guy that has been stepping up huge, I mean, I got to say Gio Urshela. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Yes. Not yes. only is his defense, but but his bat. Let's talk about that game against Seattle where he had the bases loaded and he drove in two runs. Wow. I mean, the guy has been, he's been the anchor to our third base since, you know, our best third baseman and Miguel Andahar has been out with the, with the labrum issue. 
Mm -hmm. Another genius move by Brian Cashman. There's no ifs or buts about it. Wow. You know, Ashola is a guy who, at the beginning of the season, I mean, it goes back to what I was just saying just a few minutes ago. At the beginning of the season, we didn't really know who, like, like who, who, who this, who this guy was. We didn't really have much of an inkling as to what his potential could be. But when I tell you that, I mean, my goodness. Like, I mean, really, if you're a real baseball fan, you would have known about him on that on that Cleveland Indian squad that faced us in 2017. Right. But he was pretty much like an afterthought. I mean, let's be yeah. 100% honest. So so that in itself is like, it's it's remarkable considering that, like considering that when you really look at the whole package, like this is a guy who, listen, he made his debut nearly four years ago in, Ju- in June of 2015. So yep. this... This infielder has really come huge at a time where the infield has, let's face it, has been ravaged by injuries. Greg Bird, Troy Tulowitzki, Miguel Andujar, and Didi Gregorius. And he's come up golden for this, um, for, for, for this infield. And again, come opening day of this, this season, if you were to tell me that, Osh- that, that Gio Urshela would be the third baseman on the team on the team and, and also make part of me important and important contributions to this team. I would have looked at you and said, who? Because again, I don't think anybody really saw this coming. And it's and wow. it's most definitely a welcome a welcome addition for this club this club that has been, as I mentioned, has been absolutely ravaged by injuries. I mean, and that and that's what you call an unsung hero, a hero that is just not heard of, but makes his name known by the actions he does. I mean, who's another guy that we could talk about? Holy shit, um, DJ LeMayhew. Yeah. What more can we say about him? I mean, I'm speechless about him. Shoe. Open those floodgates, man. For a guy like DJ LeMahieu, I mean, we you know, we talked about this player, but specifically back in spring training. So this is not this is not the same case as Giro Arcello, where like he just came out of nowhere and he's making an impact. I mean, we knew about this guy from when he was a, when he was a Colorado Rocky, and it really and it really is a shame. That even he felt fall trade to um to the injury list to the injury bug because prior to him getting injured he really was quite a valuable asset for this team and what and what amazed me about him in particular was that even even for like a guy who has had 135 at bats. This whole season, he's he's hitting 333. So the hitting has the hitting part doesn't surprise me at all, but rather just his his ability to play solid solid defense wherever he is in the infield shows again the importance of having a guy who could play multiple infield positions like this on your team. Is is so invaluable. You can't say enough about it. No, you can't. 
I mean, Cashman, again, got him on a two-year deal, $45 million. Yet there was a lot of fans that complained about that signing because we didn't go after Machado, but he's the bat that we needed. Yeah. You can't go in with a team all full of sluggers. You just can't. You're not going to win that way. I mean, am I seeing like, not for nothing, am I seeing like flashes of the 2017 team with the way that they're playing? Minus the injuries, potentially, but a lot. I mean, but but it is early. It, it, it is it, early. It, it's it, it's early in the sense of. It's too soon to begin making that comparison because you have to remember that 2017 got up to got up to a great start, but they did slump mid-season. That yeah. you also got to remember too. So it's it's way too soon to make that comparison. But for a team that has had that has been hit as hard as with injuries as as they have been, and as often as they have been, it's hard not to be impressed considering where the, where they are right now. No, it's, it, it's it's very hard not to be impressed. And and again, like and as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Tampa Bay has had a a marvelous season. But if you are a baseball fan, you really shouldn't be surprised because this team last year very quietly won ninety games. Yeah, be- very very quietly won ninety games, and they brought and they're carrying that into this season. I mean, right now, the, although the, Yan- the Yankees are only a game, only a half a game out, which is again marvelous considering where they, the injuries that they've had. I can't say enough about the job that Aaron Boone has done as manager for the, for for this ball club, in spite of the, the rash of injuries. So you gotta yeah. give, I give credit where it's due. You have to give credit to him. There's a lot of people that still won't give credit to him, and if you're not giving credit to him, you're you're very oblivious. I'm sorry, you, you just gotta be, you can't be that stupid enough to not give him credit for the way he's handling this lineup, for the way he's putting it together. The way they're playing. The bullpen has got their shit together too. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. I mean, it, it just leads to the question, who are these Yankees? Who are these Yankees? This Yankee team that has shown quite a bit of resolve, a Yankee team that has shown the, the ability to battle through injuries, and a team that has shown the absolute heart and the will to want to to want to get better every day. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, again, like we're this we're, we're forty games into the season, but. There's a lot not to, there's a lot not to, I mean, there's a lot to like about this team. There, I mean, there, there is. I mean, it, it really is unfortunate they've had the injury that they've had, but listen, it's a long season. You just, you just never know. It's only a matter of time before, before the weather really warms up, players really get going, guys get healthy, start chilling, making their way back into the lineup. You know, guys like Aaron Judge in particular, you know, you just Giancarlo Stanton, Stanton, you you never know. You just never know. And I wonder what's this team going to look like when we're actually healthy. I mean, we know the firepower that we have when we're healthy. Yeah. I mean, with the way they're playing, I could keep shouting, yeah. 
at the fucking game for everything that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, the last game I went to, every time we had a base hit, I had sections 223 and 224 shouting, <laughs> if nobody, If nobody hasn't seen that video, add me on Facebook, Wesley Segundo. You may, better yet, you may want to post it on Twitter as well. That's where you get the most outreach. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely post that on Twitter. Yeah, tw- Twitter, is, Twitter is definitely, definitely way better in terms of getting um part of me in terms of getting like people to view whatever content that's posted and so forth or shared it's way better yeah spread this shit like wildfire oh totally i mean you're you're not a true new yorker if you're not shouting you're <laughs> i mean despite all the injuries there has been some bright sides to it i mean look what more can you say really what more can you say what more can you ask for you, you can't. I mean, it's to continue to fight and battle. I mean, you're, I mean, as I mentioned, you're only a half a game out of first place. So, I mean, the season, this this season hasn't really warmed up yet, and it, no, and it's it and I'm not and I'm I'm not afraid to say this. What's scary about this season is that nobody nobody is nobody's going to run away with anything. I no, really no. believe. I really, okay. honestly believe that Tampa Bay is for real. The Red Sox, listen. As bad as they were playing, they're only they're only now three games out, after, which includes a 16-6 run that they've been on. That really hasn't gotten much notoriety, especially in these parts, because because of the, the run of the Boston Bruins are, are currently on. Yeah. So, so with that being said. This, I'm telling you, come next month is where the fireworks really will begin for this season because I really do believe that Tampa is not going away. The Red Sox are defending World Series champions and the Yankees are, the Yankees are literally right there. They are literally right there. So this leads to the question. Do you consider the Yankees to be a dark horse? A dark horse, a force to be reckoned with. A team that people should really be afraid of and respect. Yes, and for only one reason, because the rest of the American League hasn't seen the the the, the best version of the Yankees yet. Like health wise, they haven't. They haven't had. You see, here's the difference between the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Red Sox, they have they have been relative, they have been healthy relatively throughout the season so far, minus Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. The Yankees, they haven't had that. They haven't been a part of that luxury of health. They really, they haven't. Let's be very, let's be very honest. So we have both teams that are healthy, that are playing well, and as well as the Rays. It's hard to say that the Yankees aren't a dark horse in the AL East, but but you you kind of have to until until the until the, the world champion Sox have been knocked off, then. They're, you still gotta give them. You still gotta give them that respect. You in still terms have of, to. In, in, ter- in terms of what they're capable of, and what and what the, and what they are, what they know, and what they know in terms of how hot they can get. And you look at what they've done in the last twenty-two games. Like I said, that's that is no fluke. But that hasn't been got. That hasn't gotten much press around here, because as I mentioned. Oh, because of us, because of, because of, yeah. exactly. If you're a Yankees fan, 
you have a lot to be excited about. But me and Shu and a lot of us level-headed Yankee fans, because there's, there's Yankee fans that are not level-headed, especially beginning of the season. This team does not suck. And also, too, we have the best death. One of the best death, like, in the, in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Stats prove it. Stats say it. Stats do not lie. The numbers do not lie. Another guy who's like an unsung hero, I gotta say Thyro Estrada, with how well he's been playing for a guy, you know, in the offseason, unfortunately got shot in his, uh, native country of Venezuela. He was, he was thought to not be, be playing again by doctors. But look how well he's been playing the field. And yesterday's big home run, holy crap. That's another guy I gotta tip my hat to. Mike Totman has been set down because Aaron Hicks has been brought up, but for the time that he was here, he was playing well. Yeah, the guy's a career minor leaguer, but you got to give credit where credit is due. And I'll say it here. We'll say it here. This is not being cocky, but this is the only co- the, the only podcast that will give credit where credit is due, and we will admit when we're freaking wrong. We don't have egos. We don't. We don't do... We don't do egos. We're not egotistical. Yeah. We are Yankee fans. We are baseball fans first. But we're rational baseball fans and rational Yankee fans. And as Shu mentioned about the Red Sox, too, I mean, that two-game set was a preview of what's to come. Not saying we're going to sweep them all the time, but it's a preview of what's to come. And when we had that two-game set, we didn't have a fully healthy lineup, neither. Yeah, I mean the I mean the lineup the, the lineup was basically a shell of what we expected, especially starting from opening day back in March. Yeah. So it's so it's one of those one one of those things where I just think it's hilarious where, um, where you talk about health, health being the key here, and health has really been, has been like the theme with this episode that even. With the guys that they have in, they still put, they still, they grind it out. They, they put them together quality at bats. They're, they're the starters in the bullpen that they have done, they've done their job up to this point so far. And, you know, and, and it's definitely something that is very much admirable and you, you gotta respect because a lot of teams would have just folded. I feel, I feel that, especially with the, with the amount of injuries and so forth, but this team continues to, Put that bats together, you know, like you know, continue to like find ways to win, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, it's nothing more you can ask for. Yeah, so, this team, this is not a team of excuses. This is not a team that's bullshit. The Yankees are legitimate. I didn't say contenders. I didn't say anything. All I said was that they are legitimate. The Yankees are for real, especially with the way that they're playing. Amazingly, we're 40 games in, and I and I can't help but think about just just the just the potential, the potential for this team, and. This is why I feel like I mean here we are in, in, in the middle of May like this is this is where I feel like it's it's going to be so much fun to watch for this team in terms of 
in terms of two factors. What the Yankees do at July 31st, at the trade deadline, number, and two, where, where, where they may possibly be come the, come the All-Star break. And yeah. it's, as I said, like the, the best is yet to come with, for, for, for this ball club. And I just think that, you know, for all, for all of the question marks that, that, that we've had for this team and so forth, it's, it's awfully hard not to be optimistic and excited for what, for what's to come. There's a lot of what's to come. I mean, a lot. Also, I'd like to announce once again, as in the previous episode, I am planning a, a get-together to a Yankees game um, August 18th against the Cleveland Indians, which is a Sunday, a 1 p.m. game. If you are interested, actually, if you are for sure and want to go to this, uh, uh, contact me for uh Payment information and all that stuff. I will get the ticket soon. Uh, we want to we want to get this well going and make sure everybody has a good time. On top of that, now back to now back to the back to the Yankees. Well, is there anybody we should be looking for in the trade market? I mean, we are two months away from the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Is there anybody we should be looking at? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't. I mean, I haven't really heard a ton about guys who may be available come the July thirty first trade mark. I mean, trade deadline because of the fact that one, it's very, it is early. It's still, it's only forty games into the season. So, teams haven't necessarily decided they're going to be buyers or sellers yet. So it's I'm so to be completely honest with everyone, I, it's going to be awfully hard for me to make that kind of proclamation only forty games in, where teams are still trying to figure out where they are, what they are, and so forth. So it's very difficult to to say like which which uh, players to keep an eye on potentially for the um, for July thirty first on um, trade deadline. I don't know. I, I I really don't know. There's also uh, there's also this rumor that's been going on too, that's been heavily going on, with Dallas Keuchel and the Yankees. What the Yankees are doing, they are what well, all teams are waiting for actually, minus the Houston Astros. Um, they're waiting for the MLB draft to happen. And the reason why they're waiting for the MLB draft to happen is that with that, they won't be able to, they won't give any compensation picks. If the Yankees do in fact go for a guy like Dallas Keuchel, I would say it's it's worth it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, apparently Luis Severino is, is not coming back to maybe July. But, are you 100% sure that he would be able to be good to go? That's the question mark. Right. And if a pitcher of, yes, 
Dallas Keuchel has regressed. But if a pitcher of Keuchel's caliber, who's a lefty, can eat up innings, is there for the opportunity. You sign the guy, especially knowing what's going on with your rotation and the injuries that are happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I right or wrong? You definitely have a point. There, there is no no question, no doubt about it at all. Um, that's why I feel like for, for guys who who will potentially be available for, um, for July 31st trade deadline, you got to be wary of the following. One, these guys come with Pardon me. Um, if these guys come with, uh, like, if they, if they're going to impact the team's draft positioning come the following year, and, and it's especially the case with Dallas Keiko, which is, again, like, it's, it still amazes me how on May 13th, he's not even signed yet. He still doesn't have a team. Well, I, I, and, but, his agent, I mean, knowing who his who his agent is and that the original asking price that he was asking for, also the compensation pick that all plays a factor. But the fact, as I stated, and has a guy like Ken Rosenthal, John Heyman, and a lot of guys have stated that teams are waiting for the MLB draft to pass, which right. gives them easier leeway to sign him without having to give up a compensation pick. If, in fact, the Yankees do sign Dallas Keuchel right now, they do have to give up draft picks to the Houston Nationals as compensation for it. So it's it's a cat-and-mouse game, which is good and bad. Mm. Bad for the Houston Astros because... Well, good for the Houston Astros because if anything happens now, like I said, they get compensated. Bad for the Houston Astros because anything after the draft happens, they are not getting compensated anything. Good for teams like the Yankees and others because of the fact of what you're getting. Bad if you sign him now because of the compensation purposes. We all saw how that played out. If no one remembers, and I'm going to ask you, how did we get Aaron Judge? Mm -hmm. How did we get Aaron Judge? Well, we got him as a um, as a a compensatory uh, first round pick from the Knicks Swisher signing uh, when he left uh, the Yankees to go sign with Cleveland in 2013. That's how we got him. And we were able to select, um, like, towards the end of the first round and get Aaron Judge. Not many people know that. And this is where we break down about how compensation picks work. Sometimes a compensation pick may not be a superstar, but you never know. Remember, baseball is a game of probability. So it's like, if we sign him now, what's, what's the probability of us giving giving up the next superstar that could have been in our hands. Think about it. Yeah. Wow. Have you gone to your first Yankee game of the season? I yeah. ha- I haven't, not as of yet. Not not as of yet. Just 
Um, just for a simple fact, I just I've just been wrapped up in other um another matters, but now with now with the summer um fastly approaching, like I definitely am anticipating um the opportunity to be able to do so. I'm hoping actually, um, possibly maybe I do, and I'm saying maybe loosely here, but maybe July. Mm. Although. I mean, although I will be in New York um, sometime in June, like I, the, the Yankees are actually away. Yeah, they're, 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 I believe they're in Cleveland that weekend. As a matter of fact, so that's really. The I only. can tell you that right now. Yeah, the, the seventh through the ninth, I believe they are in Cleveland. So yeah, that's really the only bummer. But the positive is that at least at least the opportunity will be there to be able to go to any you know, any bar and watch the watch the Yankee game or whatever. That, at least that is that is true. Yeah, I'm actually uh, well, I'm actually planning something big too as far as uh, uh, bars. Uh, what which weekend did you say you're looking that you said they're gonna be out? Um, the, I'm going to be there in the um seventh through the ninth. Okay, yeah, they are going to be in Cleveland. Yeah, they are going to be in Cleveland, so that's going to be another test. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I look forward to seeing that. Oh, oh for sure. I mean, I just hope we beat one of my favorite pitchers in the MLB, which is Trevor Bauer. I mean, if the Yankees could somehow get him, that'd be fucking great. But I know we would have to give up a lot. But it would be great to have him. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, well, there's there's just a lot of things to be looked at for this team. A lot. I mean, I just, you know, once we have our reinforcements, everything, hopefully everything is just goes over a hundred. I mean, could you imagine we're just bombing every freaking team there is? It would be like the nineties Yankees all over again. Slugging, base hitting, you know, complete baseball. Something Mm -hmm. we haven't seen in about a decade from the Yankees. I I think oh nine was the last time we ever did that. Yeah, it it's yeah like oh nine was, was like that's like ten years ago now. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, another guy that has been playing well too, even though like his velocity has dropped, is CC Sabathia. He's looking like a vintage pitcher, and what I mean by a vintage pitcher, a guy who's not throwing heat. He's throwing you know mid eighties. But he's getting the job done. I'm not saying he's a Tom Glavin or a Greg Maddox. A Greg. I mean, Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox. <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> don't laugh at it, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't laugh at me. Shit. It's the Bostonian accent. Oh, God. Just, just, just be damn glad I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. I, I'm not fully here. Let's, let's just put it that way. <laughs> Me and Shu 
always go at each other every day. That's why we're. That's why we do this podcast. Oh sure. And that um, that, ha- that hasn't and won't change. I'll tell you that. By the way, um, for for our audiences in Massachusetts who are Yankees fans, you told me there is a place where Yankee fans do meet up that are in Massachusetts, right? In, in Boston specifically, yes. Um, in fact, tomorrow they have they're having another viewing party get together at um at the Greatest Bar, which is right across from the from the TD Garden, home of the Bruins and Celtics. Um. They, so they're meeting up tomorrow night for the Yankee game, you know, to watch the game together and so forth. So, like, that, this will be the second, that second time they've ever done this during the regular season. They, I was at the first one. It was actually a lot of fun. And the best part about it is that they actually are doing, um, half app specials and their apps are actually wicked good. Um, like, they're half price off the apps and so forth. And it is, Absolutely worth it. Food is great. The people are awesome. Yankee fans are awesome. You know, a lot of them also native New Yorkers who who happen to now live here in Boston, like myself. So, for any of you Bostonians who also um, original native New Yorkers um, looking for a spot for like for where like Yankee fans get together and so forth um, as a group, I would absolutely recommend definitely come out tomorrow night. Um, seven o'clock, Yankee game, Yankee viewing party, and so forth. There's a strong chance that I will not, I may not be there tomorrow night. I'm not saying that I won't in totality. It's because the Bruins game three of the Eastern Conference Finals is tomorrow night at eight o'clock. So there's that. So that that may that may be the only reason why I'm not there, but we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. I'll be at the game tomorrow. Uh, you guys are, if any of you guys are in the stadium, want to hang out, I'll be there with my girlfriend. Stop by, say hi. We're very friendly people. We love people. I love people. Well, I love the fans of this podcast, and I love the Yankee fans. So don't be afraid to say hi. We'll talk some Yankees baseball, watch the game together, and it'd, it'd be an amazing experience, and you'll be able to say you're with me and everybody in the crowd. Well, for sure. I Absolutely. Mean, if you don't know what year is, uh, you're not a true New Yorker. <laughs> Seriously, now, I'm actually going to put that video up on Twitter. I, I have you to. You should. You hashtag yeah. it. I mean, that's, that's our rallying cry. <laughs> I mean, from now on, if you see another Yankees fan, you don't say what's up. You say, you're... <laughs> Am I right or no? Uh, yeah, exactly. What are you going to shout when you see me? Yo, dickhead. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Also, oh, before yeah. we go, um, Madison Bumgarner has released an eight-team, eight Team, not eighteen. Eight team, no trade list, which includes the Braves, the Red Sox, Cubs, Astros, Brewers, Phillies, and the St. Louis Cardinals. But 
You want to hear the kicker? Yeah. Bumgarner chose these teams strategically. List compromise solely of contenders that might want to acquire him from the San Francisco Giants, not teams he wants to avoid, as reported by Ken Rosenthal. Mm. Basically, it's not that he doesn't want to come to those teams. He just picks that team, and all picks one of those teams, and all those teams are blocked off. So he basically has full control of his, of where he wants to go. Exactly. Not where the team decides where he wants to go. Yeah. So. And that's, and that's that's great because especially when you think about, um, when when you think about uh, Madison Bumgarner, I mean, just in terms of the Yankee perspective, this, this guy is, Without question, the greatest postseason um, pitcher of our generation, if not of all time, based on his numbers. And yeah. I mean, just the prospect of him even land, um, landing in New York um, um, in a trade, it just, it's definitely, it's not hard to conceive. Because remember, he's, on, he's only 30 years old. Yeah. But he studies, or he does have a, a lot of mileage on him. Let's be honest now. He does. He's, he still has gas in his tank. It's not like he's 30, you know, 35, where he's like a bad 35. But right now, he's only 30. So it's it's still good. Exactly, which is which is why I feel I feel like if the Yankees were to get him in a trade, it would it, it, I think it'd be great in terms of the postseason, like the same overpowering Bumgarner when he first came up in 2010 or whatever. No, but the same guy who knows how to pitch. He's pitching the big game on the big stage. Um, I was part of all three of the San Francisco Giants. Um recent World Series championships in 20, 2010, 2012, and 2014, absolutely. I think this, his, his championship pedigree will, and it will definitely speak uh, for volumes for itself. Yeah, and it's no doubt about it. For but sure. it all depends. What do we give up? But then again, you can never have too many pitching. Exactly. You can never have too much pitching. Mm-hmm. You can never have too much pitching. Amen. Also, too, we support anything of Yankees. If you have your own Yankees podcast, we support that. We won't knock you. We support that. So, I mean, we need to, not for nothing, we need to rejuvenate this fan base. But the only the only pet peeve I have is just the spread of misinformation and not knowing what you're talking about. Exactly. That's the only pet peeve I have. But if you're doing something out there positive, you're doing everything right, not what we think is right. It's what is actually right. Okay, so let's, you know, let's settle the differences there. We support you. We support you as long as you support us and you don't come at us. That's it. Exactly. Because, you know, we got jokes for days, but... uh one person I don't support is the... Actually, one group of people that I don't fucking support is the Seven Line Army. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Especially Darren Meenan. <laughs> Corny-ass motherfucker. Oh, jeez. Oh, come on. We know my pre... We know my sentiments in the previous episode. Yeah, it's just, it's just been well-documented. I know. I know. Yeah. That being said, this is... This is it of 
episode eight of this podcast. Thank you to uh, Ricky L for everything that he does, especially producing our show. Um, we'll we'll definitely get something going going again with him. Um, also, thank you to my brother Shu for uh, doing this podcast with me. No, no better partner than I could pick than him to do this with me. Something that we wanted to do this for a long time. Um, also, thank you to everybody who's been listening to us and has supported us from the day that we started. And yeah, and thank you for the Yankees for being the Yankees and giving us this, giving us something to talk about, something to be interested in. Sure. Absolutely, and thank thank you to um to, to to Ricky for everything that you that you've done producing and putting together the episode as well. I basically seen this seen this. I shared a scene sentiment that 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 Wesley does, but also um thank you for your hard work um for everything that you that you do behind the scenes and also um also like. The, the, the Yankees, I mean, there's, there's no greater fan base in all sports and then, and then the Yankee fans. And, you know, it, I mean, it's been, it's been a long time. It's definitely been a long time coming. Um, you know, like hopefully this, this season we, we can final, us finally celebrate, um, another world championship, um, first time in 10 years. So it's definitely, it's definitely something that I, I would absolutely love for, for it to come to fruition. Let's go Yankees. Definitely. Also, don't forget to uh, check out Ricky's podcast, Pain Train Pipe Bomb. Amazing podcast, funny shit, true shit, real shit. Airs weekday actual stuff. Airs week uh, every Thursday nights around eight ish and whatnot. Live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and. Again, we're planning a few big things over here on our side of the spectrum for 161st Street Murders Row podcast. That being said, we are the 161st Street Murders Row podcast with your two hosts, Wesley Segundo and my brother Shukri Wrights. We are sending you your send-off, and we don't know if the game is still delayed or not. <laughs> it's still delayed. And I, I, I'm still, I checked out on Yankees.com, still delayed. That being said, we are your hosts. We greatly appreciate all of you. And we are out of here. This was another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod. Thank you for joining us. Please join us once again with your hosts, Shukri Wright and Wesley Segundo. This show was produced by Ricky Lewinkowicz of Pain Train Pipe Bomb. Please join us once again for another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod.